York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. And it's time to talk about a Nick's win. Five game winning streak for these New York Knicks. Gunshots for these Knicks win because the Knicks beat the Chicago Bulls. 128. 2120 RJ Barrett fouls out, but it's okay. RJ Barrett, the wrestlers who gauged it today, he gave you 22 points and six rebounds, shot 47% from the field. Shout out to RJ Barrett. JR Julius Randall came with 31 points, 13 rebounds, and seven assists on the night. Jalen Brunson, clutch. Clutch play gives you 30 points and seven assists on a bad leg, on a bad foot. It didn't matter. Brunson came to play. My son, the dirty, the gritty, Quentin Grimes gives you 14 points. Clutch three after clutch three plus the lockdown D. Gunshots for my son, Quentin Grimes. Quickly chips in with nine points. Juice McBride even hits a couple of threes to make things interesting. The Knicks hold the Bulls to one field goal in overtime and take home the win. Five games in a row, guys. Five games in a row. When's the last time five games in a row happened for these Knicks today? Year and a half ago. <laughs> how, how long? Year and a half ago. Year and a half ago. It was a year and a half ago, and we did it again today. And we're going to talk about it all before we talk about it. Hit that like button, first of all. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe button, first of all. And also, shout out to FUBU TV. FUBU TV is where you watch the Knicks for free for seven days. If you go to FUBUTV.com slash KOT, you get the Knicks for free free on msg for seven days if you decide to buy it we get a little bit of piece of that and you get to enjoy your fubu tv and your other sports channels and cable channels and things of that nature so shout out to fubu tv now let me introduce you to my guys first and foremost it is the man the myth the legend the guy with the stats and the facts right he's in the building five game winning streak Let's go, Knicks. Let's go. Let's go. And of course, you already know who this is. It is the Latin Assassin, Mr. ESPN contributor, Mr. Posted and Toasting contributor, Mr. Deadspin contributor, and KOT contributor. My man, Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? I got nothing bad to say today, baby. Let's go, Knicks, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I'm excited, man. Feels good. Game winning streak. It feels good. Yeah. Well, this, 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 I, I, this was, this was an interesting win, guys. It was a gritty win, and it's a win where we didn't really perform defensively like I wanted to. We had some lapses. I thought uh, 
Valanchunez got to, you know, he, he got to some of his spots. I feel like he actually took advantage of Mitch Robinson a little bit in the beginning uh, with his speed and with his posting. But in the end, the Knicks showed the grit. The Knicks got the stops. Jalen Brunson, hold on, let me put respect on his name. Top five clutch players in the NBA, Jalen Brunson, along with Julius Randle, came in and sealed the deal. Lee, I'm going to let you start it off since you haven't been here for a minute. What did you think of this game? Uh, what did you see? Why do you, why do you think we won? I want to give a shout out to Roberto Rivera Jr. I see his daughters listening for the first time. What's up, Juliana? Much love from the Nigga Time show. We want to give you a huge salute, salute. and a shout out to Juliana. Yes. So uh, tonight was a great win. Uh, sorry I've been out, man. I've been hanging out with the family for these holiday vibes. Glad to be back with the boys, talking some nits. Glad to catch up on a five-game win streak. It's been looking good. Um, I was very impressed with Julius Randle. I mean, the stat line was impressive. The dude is balling out right now. He has been balling out for the last month and a half. I'm not going to lie. I'm still on a sell-high train, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate on him. The dude's effort, his energy, his his body language, everything is everything you could possibly want as a Nit fan to, to watch from, from who is our best player at this point, statistically, and I think overall in the game. Not the clutchest, but the best. His defensive effort, I thought, was pretty solid tonight. Uh, had a few missed cues in the fourth quarter, a really bad um, three-point shot there at the end of the fourth, and didn't play all that well in the fourth quarter offensively. But, man, Tiz was playing that same play over and over again yeah. in the second half. Him at the, at the top right corner by the free throw line, he would catch it, ISO, draw defenders, kick out, catch it, ISO, draw, draw defenders, throw it up, usually for an and one. So, you know, Randall, I thought, was pretty efficient offensively at night. And this is my favorite R.J. Barry game of the season. Hmm. He didn't play phenomenal, but I really liked his defense. I liked his, his body language. I thought he finished around the rim really well, and he finally hit his three-point shot, which really opened up the offense for everybody else. I think Randall yes. was able to cook on switches with Alex Caruso on him, a little small guy, because that secondary defender could not get off of RJ and Grimes on a three-point line, which really opened things up for Brunson create as well and, and pick and roll and get into the basket and find the open shooter. This RJ, when RJ's on fire from three, it really helps everybody on the offensive side. And, man, Jalen Brunson, we got a point guard, y'all. Like, this dude is clutch. We got a point guard. Ice cold veins. He, and I love his steady calm, cool personality. I think it meshes really well with Julius Randle, who's a little more vocal, a little Fire more nice. emotional. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a really nice complimentary pair, and I think they're starting to gel together more than they were in the first couple of weeks of the season. And I'm just really happy to have someone out there whose name is not Alec Burtz, not Elford Payton, none of these bums. Masquerade is a point guard. Uh, Jalen Brunson is him, and I'm happy to have him on the team. Jalen Brunson is him. I loved it. I, I, I loved it all. I love the way I... I like I said, for for a period, for three quarters anyway, all three of those guys, Brunson, um, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle, all were shooting well percentage-wise for like three quarters. And I felt like they feed off. It was starting to feed off each other a little bit well. Now, granted, there were some places in the offense where it stalled a little bit too much for me. But for a stint, when things started to get bogged down a little bit, I started to see Julius Randle moving off the ball a little bit more. I saw seeing R.J. Barrett even cutting. And... People start to, you gotta gotta start to figure out if Brunson's cooking, if he sees you cutting, he's going to give it up the balls. You just gotta cut. Cause I feel like every time someone's cuts 
um off of a of Brunson uh ISO or something, something good happens. We just got to keep that in mind. Yeah. You know, and Ryan, let me what did you see, man? What did you see today? Why do you think we won this game? Well, it was overall good effort by the team. Um there were only a few parts of the game where I really have a complaint about. Like the third quarter, like maybe like the first half of the third quarter going to like three quarters of the third quarter, I thought the team played a bit too much isolation and dribbled too much and mm-hmm. stopped moving the ball, which allowed the Bulls to get back into the game. That was like one issue I had with the game. Another issue I had with the game was, I, even though quickly has been playing well lately, uh, that bonehead. Yeah, the three. The bonehead, the bonehead shot he shot towards the end of the third quarter to try to get the two-for-one number one, and then he compounded that error by fouling, I think it was Kobe – I think it was Kobe White on the three-point shot. So that was like another issue I had with the game. And then the other issue I had was, even though I understand Julius Randle's been playing well lately, you have to realize that you have to go to your clutch guy in that situation. You know, I understand Julius Randle's been balling, but the clutch guy in your team is Brunson. I feel like Brunson should have had the ball for that last shot in the fourth quarter instead of Julius Randle. But besides that, well-played game by the Knicks. You know, it's hard to stop Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. They did kind of go off, especially DeMar. But, you know, I thought overall the guys played good defense. Offensively, they were pretty much near as perfect as you can, you know, expect from the Knicks. Julius Ren, I loved how he took on the mismatch. Like Lee mentioned, how he took off the mismatch in the paint. Yeah. Draw defenders and then pass it out to open three-point shooters, which I loved a lot, and then Grimes. You know, those open clutch threes that he hit in the in the overtime period. In front of the icing on the cake when he dropped Caruso and hit that three in the corner. I mean, it was a very exciting game tonight. Knicks have sole possession of six. I'm happy. I'm going to just leave it at that. I'm happy. Very, very, very happy for my, for, for my son Grimes, yo. Very happy. Came in the clutch. We need. He has been shooting horribly from three, but I still believe in the shot. I still believe in the shot from Grimes, for real. I absolutely do. You know what I love about this win? This is a it's a this is a a composure win. This is a win where Julius Randle just blew a gas at the game before. Um, the whistle wasn't going our way in the fourth quarter. I feel like there was a lot of foul calls. I don't know how many foul shots did DeMar DeRozan take in general. It was crazy, the amount. Yeah, like it was like 16, 17. It was like somewhere around there. He took 17 free throws and hit 16 of them. And I feel like seven or eight of them were in the fourth quarter. R.J. Barrett did his best to defend him, but the, the, the refs and the whistle took him out. But we didn't complain. Even when Julius Randle was falling away and they overturned that foul when he was tripped um, at the foul line, we still didn't complain. We still held it together. We played defense. We played through it. And this is like the benefit. This is the benefit of having another playmaker in Jalen Brunson here. You know, because before when when before when it was Julius Randle or bust, that fourth quarter, especially the last three minutes, he, he always seemed a little bit out of sorts when the usage was getting a little bit too high. 
Um, and that's when you can just go to Jalen Brunson and say, finish the game off. And he did exactly that. And now on top of that, we have Grimes as a clutch three-point shooter here who can hit, give you the icing on taking hit and hit those which for you. It is this starting five this starting five seems like it's found some. It seems like it's really started to found some. And I think I really like this game too because of RJ Barrett. He seems like he's been missing from this stretch of like, oh, we need this guy. He he showed up a few times. But I feel like today he really showed up with percentages and especially with the defense, like the block he had in the, what was it? Th- was the third or fourth quarter when he pins the Rosen shot to the board or then this, and it caused the fast break. It does a fourth quarter. Yeah. Fourth. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's what really, that's what's really starting to hit with me. The guys who don't play defense in Julius Randall and RJ Barrett, even though it's still not perfect, they're starting to turn it up. And it's it's helping us. It's, it's helping us take the next step as a team. Very very good win. Very good team win. And uh, I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited. Five game winning streak for these New York Knicks. I think it really goes to show the conversation we were having like two months ago about who should start Grimes versus Cam. Grimes has become the glue in that starting lineup. He's just a seamless fit with those guys, his ability to space the floor and his ability to switch and guard one through four. He can guard the really athletic lean fours. He can guard the, the bigger post-up ones and twos. Like He adds a lot of defensive uh, versatility out there on the floor. And, man, when his shot's on, it, it makes the, the starting five and the bench, no matter how Tibbs is rotating guys out, we always have a really solid two to three great defenders on the floor. And that helps, too, with that shortened rotation. God to Tibbs' flowers. Dude has coat has done some really great adjustments these last two weeks to turn the season around in a small sample size. I'll do him props. I think this is what's making me happy about these wins too. When you look at who's playing, you know, Mitchell Robinson we drafted, RJ Barrett we drafted, Quentin Grimes we drafted, Emmanuel Quickly we drafted, Miles McBride we drafted, Jericho Sims we drafted. How many people, like one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six. We like almost half our team is drafted through the New York Knicks. They are getting playing time. And although like not all of them are like the star players, they are like important to this team. And shout out to Malcolm McBride. Very nitpicky, very nitpicky complaint for me. There was a portion with Malcolm McBride play some defense. Hit two threes in a row. And I'm like, let's go. Because all we need from McBride, right? McBride has, has been the demon on defense, but we just need him to get going offensively. He hits two threes in a row. Then he has a turnover from like a full gazy uh, whistle from the ref. And then Tips takes him out. I wish he would have been left in a little bit longer, but that's really nitpicky for me. All right. All right. And also Hartenstein too. He had he he still has these these. Let's talk about Jalis. He he was getting cooked, <laughs> cooked, cooked by a player who might also be cooked. Musevich yeah. did not in the second half, and he man, I, I really that's the one substitution I wish his would change. Get Hartenstein's bum ass out. Put Jericho Sims in that spot as a first bait off the bench at the center position. I, I I'm Sims over Hartenstein 
all day at this point. The dude just has a much better energy. He's much more athletic. He didn't, he didn't, he's our one bait who can switch. Legitimately guard the perimeter. And that's a really huge plus in today's modern defense. We need to have Sims out there above uh, Hartenstein. Yeah, absolutely. The funny thing is, I agree with you. This is when the politics is coming into play. You know, we paid Evan Fournier, even though there was other wing defenders who were better than him. We had to play him because it was his first year. I guarantee you, Hartenstein is still here next year. Sims is playing over him. Guarantee you. I'm not because he yeah. has to go through this politics year. Oh, we tried. We tried because we paid him. But nah, when, when it's one on one, bigs always cook him. Um, and great he, elephant he, in the room, though. He's not a bad player, though. He's, he's not, not a bad, bad player. player. Yeah. Weird elephant in the room. If you want to get serious, I don't want to get serious now because I'm still happy we won. If you want to get serious, weird elephant in the room, Simpson Hartenstein has played pretty well together, weirdly, on the defensive end. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And I think to what Lee said, too, I think Thibs kind of got that hint because I think in the fourth quarter, when he, I think he was bringing back in Randall. The first biggie bought up the, the first biggie took out was Hardenstein and kept Sims out there to play with Randall and the rest of the units. So I think even Thips was like, Yeah, Hardenstein's getting cooked out there. Let me take this guy out and put Randall back in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Tibbs. Thank you, Tibbs, for making that adjustment. And this is the thing about Tibbs. Offensively, there's still going to be certain things that he he's limited by. That uh shout out to Eric who even mentioned this. If you're going to force switches, you can't force a switch to um, bad uh, defenders. You got to force switches to, I mean, to good defenders in Caruso. You got to switch off to bad defenders like DeMar DeRozan or some of those guys. That's not what happened. We had an ISO, an ISO Randall movement in the last, in the last uh, seconds of the game. Very weird, very weird call from Thibodeau, especially because he's been playing, he's been calling pretty good out of timeout plays all year. So that was very peculiar for him to to have that type of call. But there was also a stretch there in the second half for like seven minutes where they just ran like the same four plays over and over and over again. And it worked. <laughs> the Knicks actually built a lead on that too, because it didn't matter who ended up switching on Randall. They couldn't stop him. There's no one on that Bulls roster that can stop Randall. Absolutely. And I'm not going to hold you, Lee. Most rosters, a lot of people on most rosters that can't stop Randall one-on-one. Sure. I agree. I agree. That just is what it is. But yo, salute to the chat. I'm going to give you a shout out. If you want to call in, you already know what to do. Dial that number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. We're going to get a little bit into some Nick news. You know, we knew we still know that Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish is on a trading block. But there was also some breaking news um, that happened a little bit earlier. The Knicks were looking to trade for a Rockets player that but didn't come to fruition, Eric Gordon. Knicks attempted to trade for Eric Gordon um, in December. It didn't happen. But we're going to also talk about that. And I already know Lee is here. So I already know what Lee wants to talk about. <laughs> Lee wants to talk about the evolution of Randall. And 
And I already know uh, we can get to that too. But if you want to talk, you already know what it is. Call that number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Speaking of people calling in, I hope Ken calls in, man. His article was really solid on the nitnickatimeshow.com. I should check that article out. Ken wrote a really nice, long, in-depth piece on why the Nits need to move on from Julius Randle. And hey, the dude had a, a great night tonight. I'm not, this is not a bash Julius Randle night, but mm-hmm. I do hope Ken calls in so us as a Nit family can have a table conversation about it. Absolutely. absolutely. Unless is Ken in bed right now, because I know he got family too. <laughs> so I don't know if he fell asleep during overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Ken, man. He's a good writer. No, a Ken writer. is a really good writer. Uh, that's and why um, he, uh, we got him on here on the team. And he's like the editor for uh, the KOT show. So shout out to Ken. He's a great job. Shout That's out Ken. Really good job. Really hard worker as well. All right. So you know what? Let's get to it. I want to wait for Ken. You know what? Let's get into the Knicks news first. Let's get into the Knicks news first. Uh, I already know Rant. Um, Evan Fournier, the Knicks are looking to move on from Evan Fournier. Y'all know you heard that news. They're looking to trade Evan Fournier for Kendrick Nunn. And they're also looking to move on for Evan Fournier and bringing in Patrick Beverly. Um, But of course, the Lakers don't want to take on Evan Fournier. I think the Lakers actually want to be over uh, under the cap next year so they can sign people. Um, Evan Fournier's contract still goes into next season and then the team can terminate it after next season. So because of that, the Lakers are looking for extra compensation from the Knicks. They probably are looking for us to give them a pick. The Knicks absolutely are not interested in doing that. But at this point, um, they are probably willing to move on from Cam Reddish, but I'm not sure if that will actually be enough to make a, a deal get done so um i know lee what are, what are your thoughts on the knicks moving on from evan fournier and bringing in cam reddish i mean bringing in patrick beverly and kendrick nunn i've hated like with a passion every single trade proposal i've seen the last week i think they're all trash it, it, they're all an undersell on the the value and worth of guys like cam reddish and even evan fournier like there's no reason why we should need to attach a pick to Evan Fournier if Reddish is also packaged with Evan Fournier. And especially if we're getting back players like Kendrick Nunn, whose value is like on the same level as Evan Fournier. Like these are not guys that the rest of the NBA rosters are clamoring to get, especially after the season that both him and Patrick Beverly have had with the Lakers. Even when the Lakers turned things around, neither of those two players were a part of that momentum shift. So um, Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, neither move a needle for me. I'm happy getting rid of Reddish would like to move off of Evan Fournier's contract, but at this point, don't absorb bad salary or bad players. Just get off of a player that you can just bench, and probably by the, by midseason before the trade deadline, one team will come calling and probably trade for Fournier, a contender looking for extra shooting, without us having to attach a pick or get bad contracts uh, in, in return. So I, I say stay patient. I know Leon likes to make those moves two months, two and a half months before the deadline, like he does every season since he's been at Zach. But just stay patient and wait till the right team comes calling. Because, man, Kendrick Nunn, Pat, Pat Bev, I don't want Miles and Bryce minutes being eaten up by Pat Bev. I'm not into it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Rose and Miles, they could both be cut, so I can definitely see that happening. 
Um, maybe not both. I don't know if you're going to cut Patrick Beverly, but maybe we'll flip him to the Timberwolves for a second or something. I definitely don't want to see Miles McBride minutes get cut, even though both of those guys are dogs on the defensive end. I like I like that we're playing our young guys and they're getting yeah. into the fold. I want to keep it Great. moving in that in that direction. And as far as Cam Reddish, I'm I don't know, man. I'm I think the Knicks really just wanted to see if they can because they didn't like what Kevin Knox um, brought to the table. I think they was like, you know, let's give it one more year. I feel like it was looking at Cam Reddish, like rehabbing a, rehabbing a house, you know, like buying a house that's all dilapidated and messed up. Let's see if we can bring in here, dust it all, put some paint on it, and then sell it for a higher value. And I don't think it worked. So, because I don't think they, I'm starting to think the way our cap is is, is set up and the, the, you know, we have to pay this player and that player and that player in a couple of years. They were probably thinking we wasn't, they might not even been, he might not have been in the plans long term. It might have just been a flip situation for Cam Reddish. I, I, I said, I'm starting to think was really the thing. So, and it didn't work. Um, the value for him right now seems to be two second round picks. They're probably looking for it first. Um, Ron, you have anything to add? Yeah. Um, well, you know, like the video I posted, you know, on the um, Nigga Time Show YouTube page earlier. Um, so I'm just going to reiterate on those thoughts. So basically, you know, bringing in Patrick and Beverly, Kev- Kedrick Nunn. Of course, you know, that trade makes no sense for the Knicks from from a roster standpoint, because the, the way the Knicks roster is at the moment, you already have a lot of small guards on the roster. You have McBride, you have IQ, you have Rose, you have um, Brunson. Right, that's four point guards within the rotation right there. So bringing in none and bringing in Beverly, those are two more point guards. You have six on the roster. It doesn't make sense from a roster standpoint. So I think the only reason the Knicks would even talk or even consider a trade it just, is to just remove Evan Fournier's contract because Kendrick Nunn's on the last year of his contract. Patrick Beverly's on the last year of his contract. And possibly what you can do is when they come on the roster, you could possibly cut them, waive them, and have them choose, you know, have them go to whatever team they want to go to and have them play for them, or you could possibly flip them again. But at the same, but again, like, I I really don't want to, like, yeah, it would be nice to get rid of Evan Fournier's contract, but I actually want something of value in return if possible for Evan Fournier. You know, I don't want to, like, to me, it, do, it just doesn't make sense from a roster standpoint. I don't know if I want to bring in players just to cut them. <laughs> That's, and just every funniest contract. Like, I don't know if I just want to do that, but yeah. Uh, and like Lee said, there's like a whole bunch of trade rumors out there. All of them are pretty much trash. None of them pretty much makes sense for the Knicks. And yeah, that's all I got to say about that, really. I don't yeah, can't see, listen, we're not going to get any value for all those vests that we signed. Like the Knicks really signed, they signed these guys on low value deals, on low deals so they can move them, you know? They 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 tried their best. Shoot, Evan Fournier had to fight for that third year. If you know, because the Knicks offered him a year, uh, two, I think, and he had to fight for that one. So if he didn't fight for that one, he would have been gone already. Trust and believe. But uh, yeah, we're I can't see us getting like some big return from Evan Fournier at this point. Um, I just hope we. I'm I'm just glad that the Knicks have come out and said. Or at least the rumors has come out and said that we're not attaching any picks. That would, that would be a catastrophe. But yo, let's talk about something else. The the fact 
The Knicks yo, yo, are looking to trade for Eric Gordon. Things that make you go, hmm. It's interesting because when I think about people the Knicks try to trade for, I think they're trying to trade, trying to go young. They're trying to go for wings, guys who can score, guys who can shoot the three, right? We're 30th in three point shooting. That's what I feel like we're going for. Now, I get it. Eric Gordon is an expiring contract. So I get that. And he kind of fits what we're looking for in three-point shooter. But I'm I'm still conf- confused about what did we expect to trade for Eric Gordon? Was he going to, like, try to flip, like, was it, like, Evan Fournier and Cam for Eric Gordon? Was that going to be the play? I don't know, but Eric Gordon's contract's not expiring, though. He's a free agent in 2024, so the Knicks would have him for one more year. Oh, the Knicks would have him for one more year. That makes it even more... Bruh. <laughs> Super sus. The Knicks are really trying to make a playoff push, man. It just shows, I think, like how disconnected the front office is to the coaching staff and to the fan base. I feel that there's three very distinct perspectives that are not aligned. And the fan base seems to be catering to Tibbs' desire to have more vets who, granted, are clutch. Eric Gordon is a nice fourth-quarter player. He's had some great moments in the playoffs, and he was probably just as clutch and at times more clutch than James Harden was on that Rockets team. Harden was always fumbling the bag in the fourth quarter and overtime for playoff games. Eric Gordon was, for long stretches before CP3 came, the most clutch player on that team. So yeah. he would yeah. add a variable of that, but it's going to eat up Grimes' minutes. It's going to eat up at Bride minutes. I really see those men sort of the young guys, not really the player of it. I don't want to send out, but I do want to give a shout out, man. I think Ryan did a good job hopping on that uh, trade rumor news. And that video almost had 1K views and a lot of engagement. That's a great type of content that JL is pushing on his channel. And shout out Ryan for hopping on there and doing that video. Absolutely. Thank absolutely. You, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Man, if leave, you feel, if you see a rumor, you want to hop on and do a video, you already know what it is, man. You can do it. Okay. Are Yo, you saying I'm I can looking... do a random video every day? <laughs> no, no, we can't do the same. <laughs> you can do a random video if you want to. If you want to random <laughs> and do a video, you can I'm do just it. You can. I wouldn't do that to y'all. That's cool. <laughs> Those comments okay, OT. I'll just do another video right afterwards. Just <laughs> censor me, bro. OT. I'm not gonna censor you. I'll post it. You know what I'm saying? Listen, Ken wrote a, a video about um, a quote read an article about um trading Randall. I'm not censoring Ken. Everybody has a right to your opinion here. Um by the way, Ken is on the line. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you might as well bring him on and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. We're gonna bring him on and talk about it. I'ma just I'm looking at I'ma just before we get into Ken, I'm looking at his contract. Uh Eric Gordon and you are right, Ryan. It expires in twenty hold on. It expires in twenty twenty four. But it's a team option. Oh there's a, there's a team option attached to it? Yeah, it's a team option in twenty twenty four. So he's pretty much an expiring contract. Which I would trade for Which makes sense why the Knicks would do it. So they're probably trying to give them Fournier and Cam Reddish and take back Eric Gordon. Because they figured, you know, the, the Rockets team is aiming young. Maybe we'll have some use for Cam Reddish over there who who has, like, a lot of young core running over there. I would so do I, that. That's probably what they were thinking. And then at the same time, Eric Gordon gives you, a like, a punch 
who's proven in the playoffs and the Knicks are trying to make a little playoff push. If it doesn't work, they can just cut him. I think that's what they were thinking. All right. But let's get to it. Um, You know what? Should I take Ken first? All right. You know what, Ken? Come, come, come true, Ken. Come true. Mr. J. Ellis, what's up? What's going on, Ken? What's going on? Ken. What's going on, Ryan? G. Lee, you guys are doing a great job, man. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, just really quick regarding the game. Um, you know, I'm happy, you know, the Knicks are winning. Like, you know, the competition lately hasn't been good, but, you know, they're playing well. I like this kind of defense, and I'm really encouraged with the young players. Like I mentioned before, like, Quickly's uh, um, evolution to being a guy who actually feels comfortable driving to the basket. Yes. Uh, is very encouraging. And then, you know, Grimes is, is coming around. And I think, like, I'm also encouraged because, you know, we did struggle the first part of the year, but we're, like, last in three-point shooting. And if you really look at the numbers, ironically, the two guys who are kind of right around their averages, which are the two power forwards, uh, Toppin and, um, and Julius, but everyone else is shooting below, you know, uh, uh, your expected average. So, you like, you know, if you saw, like, Barrett's going to get up to over 30%. He's shooting, like, 28% or something, almost 29%. Same thing with, with Quickly. Uh, Grimes wasn't shooting well. So, you know, they're due. So, I think that's very encouraging that we're close to 500 and we've been horrible. Like, we're yeah. not, you know, worst three-point shooting team. You know, we're not one of the best ones, but, but I think we're closer to the 20s and the 30s. So, I think... Law averages is going to come around, and then we're going to start winning more games simply because we're going to hit more threes, and our defense is getting better. Um, yeah, hey, the other thing regarding Randall, I just want to make it clear: Randall is a good player. He played well tonight. I um, and what I've seen of Randall lately, I see some growth, maturity. So I think he definitely is growing as a player. Uh, everyone keeps talking about oh, COVID, Randall, COVID. Like that year was an anomaly. Uh, we can talk, you know, we need to talk about that. You know, it, it was just unusual. There was no um, fans in the stands. The dude was also on a contract year, so he was playing for his life. Um, but this year, I see he's, he's playing to generally just, you know, be a better player. But to me, there, there's a feeling on Randall. He is not, he's not a star, and that's not a knock on him. Like, there's not that many. To me, he's ideally suited to, to be like the third option at best on a team. And mm-hmm. I think you saw that tonight. He was a beast for three quarters, but at the end of the game, he, you know, he can't make plays, and he just doesn't have, you know, that uh, that basketball IQ, the processing speed to to make better decisions. I mean, those two shots by um, by Grimes. I mean, if that was like LeBron James, those would be easy, uh, wide open shots. Like you know, he he barely he almost turned it over twice. And um, so I think like I said Randall is a very good player, but. The thing is also, he wants to be a star. And you see, like, him getting the ball at the top of the key to initiate offense and all this ice. I know we mentioned it before, but it's just like, dude, your game is, is, is um, near the basket. And yeah, that's the coach, man. You can't be beating that, the team. Exactly. That, that's that, the like, coaching. You need to be close to the basket. And listen, he um, he's averaging, he leads a team in three-point attempts, seven a game. That is insane. Like his his uh, COVID year when he when he shot forty one percent, he was only averaging five and a half. I was like, how the hell are you shooting? You know, uh, <laughs> almost two more uh, three point shots a game. And your average is worse. And then 
Um, there are things like if you look at uh, like another player that is comparable, uh, obviously they're not, you know, exact same uh, template of player, but like Zion Williamson, you know, he's a decent three point shooter. Um, he's averaging less than one three point attempt a game. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Randall's shooting seven. So to me, like Randall needs to be kind of where Brunson is, which is about four games. Because there was one in the game where he, 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 he thought he was like mellow, isolating, stepping back, and shooting a contested Yeah, it's too like, much. No. It's too much. So, um, it's too much. So I know, like, you know, uh, there's a little controversy because I know Ryan G's really, you know, happy the way Randall's playing. And I am too. I think he, so you know, he's doing what he needs to do. <laughs> this competition, like, let's say, but if you look at the competition, right? I, uh, like, the last three or four games, he hasn't gone against really good players. When they played the Hawks, they pretty much started two rookies at the forward position. Those two kids were in high school when Randall right. had his, his uh, breakout so, year. So just to and give you some context, hold on, Cam. Let me pause you because you're going, you're going, you're going. So just to get, get right some yeah, context, who, who, who's listening? This we still be talking about Julius Randall. There are people here who believe that we should he should still be moved because... He, um, his value is high. It's time to move him at this point, right? Um, and there's people who are against it. So I know me, Ryan and myself, we were on the move Randall thing, but now we're kind of like, wait a minute, maybe we should pause and think about this um, and, and figure out where direction we really should go. Ken and, of course, uh, Lee are on the move Randall thing. So, and your argument really is he's not a first option. He's a third option. And, you know, he, he doesn't have the basketball IQ to carry a team. Correct? Right. And, and the other point I want to make, okay, I'm sorry, because I went on uh, a little bit long, was that he's not the ideal complement to, to Brunson and, and RJ. Like, he, their, their skill sets were done with. So he, he, you know, all three of them are lefties. All of them need the ball, and and none of them are elite outside shooters. So in, in terms of pairing, like he's he he wasn't a good fit with RJ, and now with Brunson, it's a tougher fit. So, and and the, the last thing is, what I'm what does Randall is Randall going to settle to to take to being you know the, the third option on on a team if they are able to bring in a star? That that's the other question. So. So that that's my point uh, on why I think we, we should take advantage of trading Randall now that his his value has been rehabilitated. Okay, and here's what I'll say, right? Here's what I'll say: the elephant in the room to me is what you mentioned, right? We have three players here: Narj Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randall, who all operate in the same place, in the same space. So far, we had some success right now. Um, but to get to the next level, one of those guys are going to have to operate out that space. So I do get that. On the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, to me, Randall isn't the biggest problem right now. Right now, if you're saying, if you're saying that all these have the same, all these guys have the same skill set, right, and operate in the same space, who's operating in the same space the best right now? Who's the people who operate in that same space the best right now are Brunson and Randall. What are we missing? We're missing elite wings. So for me, right? But you can't move. Yeah. For for me, like if RJ has more games like today, where he's playing defense, hitting threes, 
then it's a go. And especially if he starts to develop a, a, like some kind of killer instinct, you know what I mean? But like yeah. for, no, me, yeah. for me, mm-hmm. when you're looking at, all right, playoff time, when you're playing off mismatches, then like who, how many, how many people in the league can guard Randall? My, my thing with moving Randall was defensively, he's been a liability for the most part, right? And then it's the attitude and then it's the basketball IQ. So, but now if the basketball IQ is moving up and the defense is getting better, I'm okay with him being a third option and bullying most of the league and having Jillian Brunson finish games. And if we actually get a wing who can really do his thing here, who can shoot threes and play defense next to Grimes, who can also shoot threes and plays defense. To me, that makes the most sense. Unless R.J. Barrett becomes that guy who can shoot threes and play defense, right? No, that, that's a great point. Because to me, when I think of a guy in the Knicks, need, <clears throat> it's a better version of um, of Cam Reddish, right? A polished version of Cam Reddish and explosive right. long wings, yeah, eight and hit threes. That would be ideal. Now, th- here's two things. There's two things. Right. One is we can't trade R.J. this year, right? Because he's got the poison pill, mm-hmm. so he, he, he's untradeable. And to your point, I am getting set up with RJ because, you know, you got to call out. And I think it's because he's young. He's been getting some slack. But this is year four, and he still does some stuff that's like, you know, Randall does things that frustrate me, and, and I see RJ does the same thing with some of his shot selection. So I'm, I'm with you on that. So, But my point is you got to move one of the two. But the other elephant in the room that no one's talking about is, like, well, a couple of things. One is Randall's not elite at any He's good, but he's not elite. And you saw we won today because the two guys who are elite at a certain skill set, Brunson getting you know getting to the basket, right. and uh, Mitchell Robinson offensive rebounding, getting us the second opportunity, and his defense kept us in the game when we were giving it away. But the other thing is Obi Toppin. We uh, we drafted this kid to replace Randall, and now if we don't get some value out of this kid. That's three out of the last four lottery picks we missed on. And everyone's talking, oh, Donovan Mitchell. We could have drafted Mitchell. We could have drafted SGA. And then Tyree Halliburton. Now, it's, unfortunately, it's looking like, you know, we made the wrong decision at the time. The logic made sense. You get Obi, and then you get quickly with the next pick. That takes care of the guard position, and then you move on from Randall. But then, you know, Randall had that career year. They extended him, and here we are. So the thing is also, what do you do with, with Toppins? Because to me, if you move Randall and you get some sort of value, right, and and you could you slide in Toppin, you get Toppin an extension. It's going to cost you less than half of what you pay Randall, and he's actually a better fit offensively. Now, granted, his defense needs to improve, but offensively, yeah. he's a better fit with with, with with the other players. So that that's just my point. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, um, uh, I, I'm not into trading, just giving away good players, and Randall's not better. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if the Knicks want to get to where they wanted to be a contender, to your point, you know, uh, either RJ or, um, or Randall's got to go. I, I just don't see this continuing. So, um, so that, that's all I got on, on that. I understand. But you made, you made some great counterpoints, and I, I, totally, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I understand the OB point, too. Uh, thanks for calling in, Ken. Great and job, even Ken. With the, like, the, right, the, thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. Even with the like, he doesn't do anything elite thing. Like, 
We just need him to dominate his matchups. He doesn't have to like if if he's so big, he can cause double teams and he can make easy shots and give Brunson plays off. That's all I really need. If you're a third option, that's all you need to do. You don't need to be all star to be a third option. That's I. That's all I'm really trying to say. Um, go ahead. I don't know. Ryan or Lee, I know you've been waiting patiently. Oh. I would, I would, I would love to respond to what Ken said because I, I agree with the basis of his argument. I read, I read his article actually multiple times today to really like synthesize what what the crux of his argument was, and I think I agree with it pretty much in whole. Mm-hmm. Now, Joyce Randall is our best player, and I think in in theory should also offer us the best return if he's traded. And there were moments earlier in the season where I would I would have traded him for Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder and no picks. I mean, at this point, he's revitalized his uh, trade return much higher than that. In fact, at this point, I wouldn't trade him for more than two first round picks at nice. this at this point at this juncture right now because I think it's been enough of a sample size to determine that he's turned turned around not just because of his game but his effort on the defensive side of the ball, which accounts for a lot. The reason I want, I think we should trade him is if we don't, then RJ Barrett must go. And I agree that RJ Barrett and Joyce Randall are not a great fit on the court. I disagree that Joy, Joy, that Brunson and Randall are not a great fit. I think actually those two have developed a pretty solid chemistry and play a good two man game. Yeah, it's Randall and RJ that really had more of an overlapping game. They really have almost the same points on the floor, offensively and defensively, where they thrive at their highest. And that overlap is where a lot of our issues come from. If Thibs was a, a, was a little bit more creative to move Randall as a small ball five, I would have no problem keeping him on this roster. But it's his inability to play Randall. And I think Randall would be open to it. To play Randall as a small ball five, then you can start Obi. Then you can actually have a better spacing around RJ and Brunson as a backcourt. And you would have some different things to play with in terms of variables. But because he always has to be paired next to a rim protector, it makes the spacing really in- inefficient and awkward. So that's where I'm like, oh, well, we should trade him for two picks and maybe some solid cap relief or young players. But I'm not going to trade him for a, a bad garbage. I'm okay with holding on to Randall to next season when his stock's even higher and we get a great return. Or we end up with a Zach Levine-type player that Ken uh, alluded to, who is a polished Cam Reddish. We have someone like that or even better and we compare him as that missing third piece, say RJ's gone that trade, then you might have an East Conference Finals team. I don't think it's a championship team, but it's pretty damn good. So I'm okay with being patient on Randall. I'm not like trading right this second. There are moments I have been, and I might be back to that, depending on how his play is consistent-wise. But right now, I think he's done a really great job. I'm not going to say trade him or call him a bum when he's playing his ass off. I think that's ridiculous and, and counterproductive. So let's just wait until the right package is there. But there isn't some bad overlap between him and RJ, and yeah. I'm happy trading either. And the Toppin thing, Toppin has to step up defensively, man. Like he yes. has to, man. Listen, he. I feel like he started off okay, and then slowly, like started going downhill. And it started with the Kevin Love game. Kevin Love went up for three. Then it started going back downhill again a little bit for me. So, to me, that's the biggest thing. I feel like Toppin can still be a good player. Um, I still have questions about you know him. Isoing and isoing and come, you know, playing double teams and giving Brunson plays off. So I think that would go away if Randall was there. That but that would mean somebody else, that wing player would have to command double teams and be able to create if that's the move we we're going anyway. And 
I don't I I need to see more from Toppin. I need to be able to see a lot more from Toppin. And I know it's not all it's it's not Toppin's fault entirely, but because he's being used wrong, we talked about this to death. But I need to see more from from Toppin, especially from the defensive end. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you got a lot to say. You've been quiet for a long time, so it's your time to go off. Yeah. So I think I'm just gonna clarify my argument because where I'm coming from, like it's not like I'm saying trading Julius Randle is not the answer. It's not like I'm saying keeping Julius Randle is the, is the answer. What I'm trying to say is like. I try to look at, you know, what's in front of me and then I try to process my information based on that. Now, based on what Ken said, I agree. Julius Randle is not a star player, but based on what I've seen, I don't think COVID Randle was a fluke because I see COVID Randle coming back this season. So it's like, that's leading me to believe that Maybe last season was the fluke and maybe Julius Randle entering his prime. That is the player that he truly is. So now I know last season, based on the information that we got, we were like, Julius Randle needs to be traded because him being on the team was toxic at that time. He had a bad attitude, wasn't showing effort on defense, was playing isolation heavy wasn't feeding the ball to other players and his play was just not good for the team. Now coming into this season, I'm seeing that he has improved. It seems like he got his mind clear. It seems like he's back to finding teammates when he has the ball and double teams come towards him. Now he's passing the ball, diamond it, hitting open players for open threes or whatever the case may be. I'm seeing... I'm actually seeing leadership qualities come back with Julius Randle, with him talking to his teammates and being a good teammate this year. So now I'm like, based on that information that I'm seeing so far this season, that's what's making me take a step back and make me think, okay, is trading Julius Randle really the right thing to do if this is the Julius Randle that we're going to get, the way he's playing so far this season? So all I'm saying is that you have to look at different perspectives. You know, like maybe the answer might be, okay, we have, because I do agree Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, I think they do play well together. And I do agree that Julius Randle and RJ is probably the two where it is redundant skill sets. And more than likely, if the team is going to reach its potential, probably Randle or RJ has to go. And at the moment, even though I love RJ, Randle is that better player. So it's like, and, and what I was trying to say is that there's really no evidence of Randall being on a team with two high caliber players. Probably the closest we've gotten to that is New Orleans. And even when he was in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, that wasn't the same Julius Randall that's here today. It's a, it's a completely, it's a completely different Julius Randall. So you can't even look at that and be like, use that as evidence of him being with a superstar player. So my whole thing is, how do we know the outcome if we actually keep him and bring in another and bring in an all-star player like you guys have been saying, an all-star wing that can actually shoot and play defense? And, and, and how do you know that that's not going to be successful? That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I'm just trying to bring like different like perspectives and not just be stuck on, 
yeah, Julius Randle got to go or, yeah, Julius Randle got to stay. Because, I mean, to be honest about it, if we do trade Julius Randle and, and it's a good return, I'm not going to complain about that as long as it's a good return. But at the same time, I just – but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not sure if that is the answer, trading Julius Randle for the Knicks to get to where they want to get to. So, yeah, like, that, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, I'm seeing, well, like, said, Julius bro. Randle for Jay Crowder – and like dark chicken and a sun's pick. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Sorry. Not, not, not at all. No, no. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm, and, and I guess this is what I'm saying too is like, yo, last year he was horrible. Last year he was supposed to have help. We got Kemba Walker here. He was supposed to be the answer. He was supposed to be the guy to spell him. And give him some some help, and that didn't happen. And I think that's a lot of reason why we saw what we saw last year. That and plus the coach not holding him accountable on defensive end for some reason. The coach is pushing defense on him this year, and we're seeing a lot um, more of effort over the last six games or so. Maybe it's partially the coach, maybe it's partially insertion of Grimes mixed with Mitchell Robinson, but we're seeing. We're seeing more of what we really want to see the whole time. And in general, I want to see the starting five cook. So this starting five, we've seen play, what, 12 games now? So I want to see, okay, this was the original vision. What can the original vision do with with this coach and how are we going to evolve from there? Um, and like I said, I still feel like at some point we're going to have to move away from Tom Thibodeau because of his weird offensive, his his weird offensive schemes, not scheming like the ISO play at the end, like stuff like that. But you know, he's done a pretty decent job this year, man. I can't like, I, he just he just has. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and if you have any, if you don't have, if you guys don't have a rebuttal, I'll go to the the phones. Go to the phones. Let's let's go. Stan. I got Stan. My man. So gear ready, guys. I don't know what to expect when Stan calls in. Shout out to my guy Stan Novak. He's on the line and wants to talk. Stan, let me know what you're thinking about this five game winning streak from the Knicks and whatever else is on your mind, Stan. Hold on, sorry, hold on a second. Sorry, start start again. Okay, listen. I want you to listen to me. I am sitting here worried about my business, which is in trouble. And this sucks less So I call you guys. Okay. Okay. First of all, you're talking about trading uh, Julius Randle. What are you going to get? What kind of Fakakta Mashugana deal is that? You're going to get bumpkins with the guy. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you're not going to get nothing for the guy. Get away, get you gravy? Now? Now, the guy, maybe he'd be an all-star. If not, okay, you ship him out. You know, give him a falafel, let him go. <laughs> now, um, as, as far as Obadiah Toppin uh, taking his play, first of all, Obadiah Toppin, doesn't that sound like, I don't know, Amish Cool Whip? Hey, Ezekiel, um... Don't be stingy with that Obadiah topping on top of my rhubarb pie. I've been outside staring at a horse's ass 
all morning long. And then after I got working with your mother, I went and plowed two acres. So you okay. just locked that okay. Obadiah okay. topping right on top of that rhubarb pie. We didn't stand. We didn't stand. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We just had to. We didn't stand. Yeah. Hi, hi, how you guys doing, by the way? Oh, I see you guys are out of the fog. You got your lighting right. Good idea. <laughs> um, but, um but no, I, I did enjoy tonight's game, in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I was watching on YouTube, I was watching somebody break down the Knicks defense. They did a, it was 28 minutes. And I saw behind, Cam Red, behind Cam Reddish, the guy most lost uh, in the defense. Yep. Yeah, Obi. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, he, I mean, he needs another year of uh, he needs another year cooking before he's before he's done and he can play, and that's uh, that's all I'm going to say. Let you guys comment, and as always, I'm going to go back and start drinking heavily. Oh. Have a great, have, have a great. Day. All right, all right, Stan. Have a have a great day, Stan. Stan. I will. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um yeah um if you, if you if you haven't seen there's a video going around and I, I i retweeted on twitter really really excellent video um probably it's the the best defensive breakdown video i've ever seen on the knicks ever <laughs> and it talks about where the knicks falter on the defensive end it talks about the biggest culprits on the defensive end and it breaks down, you know, why it's happening. It breaks down. Um, it kind of tells you too, is like the, the, the team that runs similar action to the Knicks is the Miami heat and how they run it compared to the Knicks. And then they also talk about like, you know, how pretty much Obadiah can and Randall were the biggest corp uh culprits in the defense um along with our transition defense being so horrible and it also talks about how randall rj and brunson have gotten better over the six games and that's a lot of reason why we're winning more recently so really good video i wish i can you may remember the name of the guy i got it. it i got it it's a uh, half court hoops half court hoops so shout out to half court hoops amazing video really amazing video really good breakdown like i I think i would love to have that guy on the show honestly tweet him uh yeah i've seen some other content creators in his mentions uh asking him on the show i'm sure he would come on ours absolutely so i'll definitely reach out i'll reach out to him for sure one day um it would be cool if i had some video stuff on here to the company that i just know that gets a little bit tricky with the with the um the copyright stuff but shout out your shout out yeah all along, good win. I know he said, who do we have up next? I know Fritz. Fritz, you want to come up next and talk? Yeah, Fritz. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, Fritz? What's up, Lee? What's up, guys? Hey, man. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to... I, I, I think the Knicks is still in talent acquisition mode. Um, I know we're talking about Julius Randle, tipping them out. But I, I, I think um, 
you're starting to hear a lot of Lakers rumors because it's it's a stepping stone to either a Julius Randle trade or to a star trade. Um, I I I I'm I'm with Lee. You know what he he picked for Randle. Um, but I, I yeah I think the Lakers is it's a step in the right direction. Uh, I I think a, a lot of people are looking at. Uh, a trade for Fournier, uh, uh, for the point, who is it? Uh, a point guard. For none and, and, uh, who's the other person? Pat Bev. Beverly. Beverly, yeah, yeah, Beverly. So, like, with Beth, yeah, so what, what the Knicks would do is they would get, wouldn't get any picks on this, and what they would get, they would get picks on the second trade. So, you wouldn't think that you can trade them again, but you can trade again if you trade one for one. So Beverly is the guy you would want to flip again and then get picked off the second trade. So I think Nick wanted trade, don't get any picks the first time, get Beverly back and then flip them for a contender, then get a second there or two seconds there. And then, uh, um, yeah, so they would get picked there. Or if it's time to move, um, if it's time to, to move a uh, Julius, that would be time to move Julius. So Julius, Dallas, Julius. If you set Julius and Beverly to Dallas, um, you could still do it as long as it's one for one player. So if you, if you traded, um, Beverly and Julius Randall to Dallas, you can get back. Kristen Woods, Ben Woody, and probably two kids. Hell no, I'm sorry. And at, <laughs> at this, at this point, no, no, but I'm just saying, Kristen Woods is expiring. You sign for half a year with Toppin. They both get 24 minutes a game. And then this summer, you go out and you draft. You go out and you draft the best power forward there is. Uh, with how many picks we have in our, in our, in our treasure chest. So, you know, that's something they could think about doing. If Julian is playing out of his mind, then you don't pull the trigger. You, you just take you just take Beverly and you, you flip up for somebody for a couple of days. So you're saying picks in Christian Wood and Dumwitty for Julius Randle and Patrick Beverly? Yes. First, you know, they make our this year's this year's pick, you know, permanent and they give us two more. All right, all right. I, I hear you. I, I'm not feeling that, but yo, thanks for calling in, Fritz. I appreciate you. All right, sure, no problem. All right. I'm with you, Fritz. I agree. I love that trade. You love the trade, Julius Randle and Patrick Beverly for Christian it, Wood and Dimwitty? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a matrix of trades for us to get there, but I under, the gist of it, I understand. I, there's no way Dallas would get rid of Dinwiddie. He's, he's too important as their secondary ball handler, especially after losing Brunson. So that's not going to happen. But Wood and a Maxi or Wood and bring back Timmy or bring back Frank, some like smaller contract, that's possible. I mean, you know Mavs love Nets players. So they could definitely want to bring back Julius Randle home to Dallas. But see Wood's on an inspiring deal. He's an unrestricted free agent. I don't hate that trade. Turn that pit that we have into like not, unprotected. I, I like the benefits, but I mean, that's like three steps to get there, but I'm on the same wavelength as Fritz and, and I'm into that trade. 
I mean, I like Christian Wood as a player. I definitely would take Christian Wood if I was to make a trade with Dallas. If I'm going to trade Julius Randle over there, I, I definitely would take Christian Wood. Um, I mean, the only the only thing is with Dinwiddie, I'm like, I would have to see the because if we bring in Dinwiddie. So basically, by that trade, we're gonna still have RJ. We're gonna still have Grimes. Gonna Brunson's gonna still be here. Like, unless Dinwiddie's gonna come off the bench as a sixth man, or we're gonna move. Uh, I don't. I don't like that trade. I don't really like that trade. Like, what pick are we getting from the from the Dallas Mavericks that's gonna make that worthwhile? I don't like that trade at all. I think if you remove the protections on that 2023 and then give us one more additional first round pick for like 2027, if and when Luca's gone, then the draft capital could be pretty good. But it's so hypothetical. Wood is a terrible defender. There's yeah. not even a chance that he resigns. I think he would resign, but Randall's for how much? I mean, would buy a million. Mile. Yeah. Randall is way better. Randall is better than all those guys like Jeremiah Grant, Christian Wood. Uh, Sabonis, he's better than all those guys on the same tier as him. He's probably the best big of that tier. Right. I agree yeah. with you. I definitely agree with definitely you. Draft capital. Absolutely. So it's like, if, 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 if he's better than everybody, then it's like, if you're better than everybody and we're trading him, then I'm like, what picks are we getting? Because that, to me, then that's the real incentive. If we're getting mad picks, then I'm like, what the That doesn't make sense to me. I guess that, I guess that's how I think about it. That's all I think. I'm trying to get these picks to move, get another star. So if I'm moving somebody who's been all team player to get like, you know, a 28th pick from Dallas, and like I don't know, it sound I think the pick would be better than 28. But that's another thing too. You're you're making Dallas better by giving them Randall, which exactly. hurts your pick this year too. So you're really banking on the future picks that Lucas on, and now you're drafting a lottery. That's really the crux of a deal, but that's a lot of what ifs. Pickers Timmy said Raw mentioned Chris Stapps. Yeah, Raw's been mentioning Chris Stapps for a while now. As like, he's talking about Randall for Chris Stapps straight up? Hell no. Oh. Chris Stapps can't even, I don't know. He's probably thinking about that. He's probably thinking this along the same lines of it's an expiring contract. Because doesn't Chris Stapps have like a year or two left? He has two years left. But I think he has a player option, not a team option, if I'm going off of memory. But Chris Stapps is, man, that man always hurt, dog. Like, I don't want him back. I mean, KP, the Christian Wood trade, none of those trades really excite me like that. So I'm just like. I agree. I feel you on that one. Dynamic wing. (laughs) Yep, I agree. Yes. I agree. Yes, more so dynamic wing, yes. Right. But whatever. Salute to the chat. Salute to everybody that's watching. If you're loving the show so far, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We are celebrating an overtime win to the Chicago Bulls, five wins in a row. So shout out to Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, Quentin Grimes, my son, who hit dagger threes, who came in here into the Bulls territory and took that win, beat the refs. Beat DeRozan, beat Vujicic, came in there and took care of business. And Jalen Brunson, the Knicks' latest signing, took over the game 
in the fourth quarter. Put my man on skate. Who did he put on skates? Hold on. I gotta I gotta, gotta show this. I got I gotta show this gift real quick. I gotta show the skates gift. <laughs> Yo, who did he put on skates? When he put hold on, that's the Upig, Ryan. Caruso. Put Caruso on skates. Well, he crossed him. Had Caruso fallen. Hold on. Yo, y'all lucky my computer is not trying to. And Caruso's a good defender too. So that was a good, that was a good breaking up the ankle right there. Yeah, the ankle breaker into the three-point shot. Oh, you lucky. You guys lucky. You lucky my computer's being super slow right now. Whatever. Salute to you guys. Enjoy that win. When's the next game? We playing the Bulls on Friday? Yeah, back to back. Back to back. You already know it's really hard to beat teams back to back on Friday. So I suggest I, I feel like they're probably gonna make some adjustments. Um they probably they might double ran a little bit more. Who knows? But it's funny we beat them today, but I feel like there's still another gear for us to go. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we move the ball a bit, bit more. Um we don't collapse in that third quarter with the turnovers. This game could have been uh, gone a little bit further. We, the, the lead could have been bigger. We didn't even have to go into overtime. Um, now, granted, I think some of that was all set because Barrett hit some threes, and that's not usually what he does. But overall, even though we won, I think we could actually win another one, man. I think we could actually get to six in a row. Yeah, I think so, too. Me, too. Absolutely. All right. Oh, well, I think we're all done. Amy. <clears throat> so six in a row, we coming for on Friday. All right. Let's get it. That is our show. Nick's by two says, uh, D cool. So when uh, Marshall JT, you ready? That is our show. We can wrap it in here, but shout out to the chat. Royal Rosado, El Marshall, uh, Deke's cool picks for Timmy. Shout out to stand call in DW ice rink. Everybody else is watching with the KOT, rocking with the KOT show. Salute to you guys. We're here after every game talking Knicks basketball. So come and rock with us, the KOT show. Hit that like button as well and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hopefully we're back Friday celebrating another Knicks win. All right. That is our show, though. Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G-I-C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sergi's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. And I just want to speak to the chat right quick. I see 50 likes and 76 of y'all watching. That Those likes seem kind of light to me. It bit. seems kind of light to me. A little bit. Add some more likes, man. Add some more likes if yeah. you like the show. Like that show for us, man. Like it up, like it up, boy. If not for the show, at least for this gift. All right. This is a reenactment of Alex Caruso put on skates by Jalen Brunson, right? Right before <laughs> Jalen Brunson hit that three. All right. <laughs> if that doesn't hit, help you hit the like button, I don't know what will. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, shout out to JT. Ready. He sends that $9.99 super chat. Says, you're five in a row. Shout out to my guy, JT Riddick. 
Yes, sir. Uh, Boston Nick, man. Shout out to you, Boston Nick. Appreciate Shout you. Shout out, Boston Nick. Mm-hmm. All right, Lee, let him know where he can find you, sir. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Lee Escobedo. Uh, I'm usually chopping up with Ryan and arguing with Jay Ellis on, on Twitter about <laughs> – you know, all, all kinds of random nit, nits affiliated things but uh yeah man special shout out to the chat man there's been some uh some good conversations been had in there i appreciate all, all the new people everyone chopping up and commenting and you know adding to the dialogue i think we have a really great fan base and that's all because of jay ellis he's, he's, he's a man with a plan he's building this up from the ground i give a huge shout out for him for letting me on the show and just mm-hmm. having this, this this whole show going on for so many years and building such a great community, such a great place for us to all come together and talk about our favorite team. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I love it. And here's the thing, too. It's funny because people's getting leave for, for, for a minute. I love different perspective, man. I don't invite people on the show to just echo the, the same thoughts that I have. Like, that's boring. <laughs> if you want an echo chamber, then, you know, talk to yourself. Like, that, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> hey, wanna... shout out Juliana too, our youngest viewer right now. In shout the chat. out Juliana, young man. We see you. But yeah, I like people who can bring a different perspective. And like I said before, like I've talked to Lee about basketball before it came to the KOT show. Um, and I brought him on because of those conversations. Like, yo, Lee's a sharp dude. He knows Nick's history. He knows a lot. So, like, I appreciate Lee on the show. And then shout out to Lee appreciate and that, Ryan who, who who bring a lot to this show. And I also shout out that. to Roy, even though he's not here. He's still part of the show. Let's go. So, All right. Can't wait for the return of Raw. Exactly. The return of Raw. The Raw Hebrew. Uncle Raw, man. They don't. All right. All right, you already know what it is. You follow us at uh, the Naked Time Show. If you go to nakedtimeshow.com, get those snapbacks in black and white, and blue and orange. So definitely get that. Um, follow us on Twitter at the KOT Show and also on Instagram and Facebook at the Naked Time Show as well. Also, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. All right. Oh, shoot the chat. There it is. There it is. That is our show. Hey. Got a super chat. Yeah, Alex, you got, got super chat. Oh, oh, oh. Here. Super chat from Joshua. <laughs> Shout out to my man Joshua, who sends a 999 super chat. No message. He just wanted to, he just wanted to support. I appreciate yeah. you, Josh. I appreciate you. Health keeps the lights on because we got pay for phones and SoundCloud subscriptions and all and writing and all that stuff. So appreciate you. All right. Let's go. Let's go. That is our show. We out of here. And you guys know the drill. As always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube and Twitter streets. That's our show. We out of here. Peace.